The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hi, I'm Angela Moore, Retirement Editor for MarketWatch, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Alessandra Melito, the Retirement Reporter for MarketWatch. Welcome, Allie. Thank you so much for being here today. Hello. Nice to be here, too. <laughs> <laughs> Allie. Um, our topic for today is COLA. Can you briefly explain what COLA is? Absolutely. So COLA stands for the cost of living adjustment, which is basically another way for people to keep their benefits for social security or salaries in line with inflation. It um, doesn't always work out that way, especially when inflation is outpacing COLA, but it is one way so that you know your dollar actually means something relevant for you and you know you're spending every you know year after year after year okay so every year the government announces what the cost of living adjustment will be for social security it's a very closely watched metric the stories we write about it do great um tell me why this is so important to people so the cola is extremely important like i said it keeps your dollar strong and it's supposed to be in line with inflation Americans who are claiming Social Security, most of them, you know, especially if they're retirement benefits, they are already living on a fixed income. So they need every single dollar to count. Um, without any adjustments, your dollars get weaker. Um, the problem with the COLA right now is that inflation, you know, doesn't always match the COLA. So, you know, you have to keep an eye on it so that you know just how your spending may be changing. So take example, somebody who gets $1,000 in social security every month, right? There, um, if inflation increases because of, you know, you see it in the prices of gas and you see it in milk and or whatever anybody else might need, um, that $1,000 needs to last them. But if they don't get a, a COLA, right? It's not going to uh, equate to quite as much in the future. So, uh, retirees should always be very mindful of what the COLA is. You know, everybody should hope for the best every year when the COLA is announced. And um, if they, you know, if the COLA is not quite as strong as it, it should be or it could be, then they need to um, just assess, I guess, what their budget is and how they'll be spending in the, in the coming year for their, uh, you know, bills. Right. So, there's a formula, a mathematical formula that um, is used to calculate this. Now, um, there's a bit of debate about which formula is the best formula and people feel strongly about it. Um, what are your thoughts? Could you explain that to our viewers, please? Absolutely. So right now, the Social Security Administration uses uh, CPIE, which stands for the Consumer Price index, I'm sorry, the CPIW, which stands for the Consumer Price Index for Urban Workers. That the CPI looks at a basket of goods and services. And the W in particular looks at what urban workers are more likely to spend on. So you can already imagine what that is. Aside from groceries and utilities, it's also stuff like transportation. 
The problem is that retirees do not spend quite like urban workers do. Retirees, their budget, you know, aside from the fact that they're on a fixed budget, they're looking at expenses that have to do more with housing and healthcare. And healthcare is uh, very, very well known for rising year after year. I mean, I think we can all see that outside of our co-pays when we have to spend any money on medications. It's, uh, it's always expensive and any procedures, yeah. you know, hospital visits, all that. So the problem with Social Security, as far as a lot of people are concerned, is that the uh, index doesn't match what retirement, uh, what retirees need. So uh, Congress is looking into something of a change for that, you know, just switching it over to CPIE, because um, the CPIE, the inflation rate would um, adjust to be more in line with Social Security retirement benefits. So again, like going back to that person who, who's got a $1,000 monthly benefit, um, that $1,000, 50% of it, say, could go towards healthcare costs. But if the inflation rate doesn't increase as much because they're looking more at like, you know, uh, I don't know, gas, which prior to this year, you know, wasn't rising quite as quickly, I guess, um, you would, they, they wouldn't, that dollar would be um, weaker. So right. this is something that politicians are taking into consideration and hopefully something will be done about that. Okay, well, speaking of our friends in Congress, are they considering any other changes to Social Security? Yes. So Social Security is something that politicians try to avoid talking about as much as possible, at least for the most part. A lot of people do not agree on what to do about Social Security. Just a little bit of background. Social Security is um, the two trust funds that support Social Security for retirement benefits and disability benefits are expected to run out of money in the next 15 years or so, at which point Americans would get a 20% cut to their benefits. So obviously people are very concerned and they want something done about that. Um, Congress has never let social security fail before, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to run to do anything about it because some politicians on one side think that, you know, benefits should be cut or that uh, retirement age, full retirement age should be increased, which would, you know, delay how much a person gets um, up until 100% of their full retirement age. Uh -huh. And other people think, well, we need to just raise taxes and, and make changes that way so that we bolster the system. The good news is Congressman John Larson out of uh, Connecticut, he has been a huge proponent for change to social security and he has a lot of people on his side. Uh, he has been pushing for a proposal called the Social Security 2100 Act and it includes a lot of changes to social security outside of the COLA adjustment, you know, switching it from CPIW to CPIE. It would look at things like a caregiver credit for people who have to leave the workforce to take care of a loved one um, and therefore aren't paying into the system. And it looks at um, improving the minimum uh, benefit for people who might not be earning that much and you know, therefore lower income workers would get a, a decent benefit later in life and okay. a few other changes like that. So it's very exciting. He has been pushing for it for a few years now, but it's something that I've definitely been keeping an eye on. For sure. Now, looping back to COLA um, and inflation, um, inflation is a really big concern for everybody. I know that, you know, I always shop the sales. I can see the prices of everything going up um, from 
you know, bread to gas. But um, for someone on a fixed income, it's um, even more of an issue. So um, if the COLA for 2022 is, you know, it's as you mentioned, it was a big jump. Will that be enough for people? And what do they do if it's not? So unfortunately, this is one of those questions that uh, <laughs> really depends on a very individual level. Um, okay. The reason is, uh, Social Security benefits, they they change based on the person's work history and, and all of that. But also, you know, what your needs are in retirement change too and, and what other income sources you have. So COLA or rather Social Security benefits alone probably aren't enough for the average retiree to, you know, have a comfortable or sustainable retirement lifestyle. Um, that being said, they, they should also be looking especially well let me backtrack if you are not yet of social security retirement age you should um, do your best to have as many uh, income sources as possible in retirement so that you're not relying on social security because if social security benefits aren't enough for you in retirement then the coal is definitely not going to do it i mean yeah in the last couple of years this year it, it was higher but in the last couple of years it's been you know close to zero or 1%. So that's definitely not gonna do much for you. That's a couple dollars a month of anything. Um, so what people should be doing is, first of all, see what the COLA means for you this year. You know, Look at your, your benefits, look at what the change is going to include for the following year. And then also look at your budget. Um, look at what you're spending. See how those prices are changing too. So like we know that gas prices have been rising and Maybe that doesn't affect a retiree quite as much if they're not driving to and from work every day, but what other expenses are changing and how do you have to adjust your budget to match that accordingly? Um, I am never a proponent of, you know, cutting out things that you enjoy, but I am a big fan of looking at your expenses, you know, whether that be a credit card statement or a, you know, debit card statement or anything like that. And, um, readjusting every once in a while every few like maybe every six months or every year just to keep track of your money because you another thing you don't want to do is run out of the retirement savings that you do have you need everything to last sure now um what is something that anybody can do of any age to prepare for social security one of my favorite pieces of advice with social security is to sign up for a my ssa account on the social security administration's website this is a really important account no matter how old you are whether you're 25 years old or you're 65 years old the reason being is it allows you to see what the social security administration has about you um, as we know, Social Security, uh, the benefit formula involves many factors, but one of the most important is your work history, your earnings history and all that. So if you are, or if the Social Security Administration has the wrong information about you, your benefit's going to not be accurate and nobody wants that, especially if it's lower than it's supposed to be. So you should really check in on that. It also allows you to see if they've missed anything or if your, you know, your company didn't, maybe put everything in or like the papers from 20 years ago weren't accurate so that's good another thing is it allows you to protect yourself against hackers if you create an account a hacker can't create the account and therefore can't get some sensitive information on you and yes. you you want to have that account like secure and good yes. to go that's and 
yeah, it's very, very real. As we've seen, there have been so many security breaches in recent years. And unfortunately, that includes social security numbers in some cases and social security numbers, very easy to make an account. So you should do it before anybody else tries to do it for you um, because it does get more difficult if, you, you know, if you're the subject of a breach. And lastly, it also keeps you um, uh, up to date on what types of benefits you could expect in the future. Not only will it give you some sort of estimate on what you can expect from retirement or disability benefits should you need it or you know when the time comes, but it allows you to see a breakdown of what it would be at different claiming ages. Social security, as we know, uh, there are like a million strategies on how to get your benefits um, or what they'll look like when you claim. Um, that depends on like what age you claim before your full retirement age or after your full retirement age. And the Social Security Administration is really wonderful about showing you just what to expect. And going back to a previous point, that's really helpful, especially when you are taking into account the cost of living adjustment, because you're able to see a, a reasonable estimate of what you uh, will have coming in and what you'll need, what else you might need to, you know, meet your, your spending limits. Right. Okay. Now I just want to do a shout out to listeners to um, please feel free to send in a question. We have a listener question now, if you're ready, Allie. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Peter asks, um, do you have an update uh, for people born in 1960 as to how it affects benefits? Yeah. So um, I don't have an update on that right now. But for viewers who are not familiar with Peter's question, <clears throat> he's referring to one of the many factors that go into the Social Security benefit calculation. One is specifically tied to the average wage index um, for the year in which someone turns 60. I'm not quite sure offhand why that is. I don't remember. But um, people who in 2020 should be aware of the fact that um, this could affect their benefits just because 2020 was so volatile as we are all very well aware, there yeah. were uh, high rates of unemployment and there was a lot of chaos. So uh, people who turn 60 in 2020 may see a lower benefit as a result. Um, uh, the, the good news is that benefits don't decline with Social Security. So even if, you know, it was, you know, it ends up being really bad for people, um, it's not like their Social Security benefits will decrease. So that's not always like, it's not the best news. Of course, you want things to go <laughs> to be in line with like your spending, but at yeah. least you won't see um, a lower benefit as a result. Yes. And I will say to your point about the my SSA account, I, I find that when I check that, it makes it seem more real to me. And yeah. I think that I am very much looking forward to claiming my social security when my time comes, as we all should, since we pay into it. And, um, you know, I think that that and you can really see like if you wait till 70 this is how much you'll be able to claim and if you do it all, all these different ages it really makes you feel like more part of the process and um i recommend everyone doing that oh um, yeah absolutely i mean why wouldn't you want to see it that's one thing that you can um it's just one more thing that you can use as a tool to make sure that your retirement is secure because um people talk about the fact that you should have multiple income streams in retirement. That's your retirement savings. If you're lucky to have a pension, your social security, uh, you know, an annuity, anything like that. Um, so why not see what that number is or get a reasonable estimate for what that number is 
so that when the time comes, you know, you're not guessing as to if you'll be able to, um, you know, spend on everything that you need to spend on for not only exactly. housing and healthcare, but like things that you actually enjoy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, well, we've got another question here from Mario, sort of along the same lines. He wants to know if Social Security and Medicare slash Medicaid will still exist 20 years from now. Please say yes, Allie. <laughs> so obviously, I can't say absolutely, but I can say that Congress has never let Social Security fail. So I don't think it's going to start in the next few decades. Um, this is a program that I think if it didn't uh, succeed or you know just didn't continue in some way, um, there would be an absolute uproar. Uh, understandably, people have paid into the, the system and they rely on it. Lots of people rely on Social Security for a majority, if not all of their retirement income. And, you know, they're looking forward to that when they actually do get to retirement. So I do not think that the government will let Social Security, Medicare or Medicaid fail. But I do think that it's important for everybody to stay on top of what changes or proposals Congress is suggesting for Social Security and to stay active. I'm not saying you have to take to the streets and, and you know, demand changes for Social Security, but it Maybe. is always good. <laughs> yeah, but it is always good to to stay on top of it so that you, you do know what to expect. You could call into your, you know, local politicians and get a sense of like what they're hearing or seeing as far as Social Security and also just, you know, stay on top of it for yourself because even yeah. though people uh, should expect social security to be there for them in say 20, 30, 40 years. Um, it, it is important to be realistic and uh, you know, say worst case scenario, they didn't do anything. The trust funds ran out of money. People got only 80% of their benefits. Um, you should know that before, you know, before you get to retirement so that you're not expecting that hundred percent. Uh, I hear a lot of financial advisors when they're talking to younger clients in their, you know, 20s and 30s, that some people even suggest don't don't include Social Security in your retirement estimates at all, um, because then whatever you do get from Social Security will be a nice little bonus. Right. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if I would go that far, because, again, like Congress has never let Social Security fail. And even if it is the very last minute like in 14 years and like two months, I do think that they will do something for both programs, yeah. Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. Yes, I hope so. Um, okay, so William's got a question here. He wanted to know what impact, if any, will rising home heating costs like natural gas and oil and propane have on the COLA? So I'm definitely not an expert on the cost of living adjustment and how that particular thing is calculated. But I will say, going back to like my point um, before, know what it means for you personally and then see how the COLA helps you or if you need to be drawing down from other retirement accounts and, or savings or anything instead. Um, I know that is a huge concern for everybody, not just retirees, because whether you're living on a fixed income or not, it is never pleasant to see your heating bills or your water bills or anything like that jump dramatically. Yeah. Um, especially if you're like on a, on a Facebook group, a community group, like we see our neighbors talking all the time about their bills and how they're going to change or how they have changed and why that was such an unpleasant surprise. Um, but while I don't know the, the, the formula 
per se for the CPI. I do know that on an individual level, just um, keep on top of what the rising cost will be, uh, make adjustments where possible, try not to withdraw too much more from your retirement accounts if you can avoid it because you don't want to deal with that if you don't have to, um, and um, just do the best that you can. Okay. Um, okay, we've got a question from Robert. Um, Allie, as um, this is me talking, not yet, Robert, um, you know, there's a cap on um, on how much of your salary is uh, taxed uh, for Social Security. Um, will there be a plan to tax all of your salary ever? You know, when they talk about things that could, you know, boost the trust fund, you know, there's things like delaying benefits and um, cutting um, cutting benefits, but also raising the um, the cap. Do you think that that could be something that would be discussed in the future? Yeah, that's something that a lot of politicians have been talking about, you know, increasing the cap. And it wouldn't be for everybody immediately. It would start, I think, at 400,000. I'm blanking at the moment, of course, because mm -hmm. I'm on the spot. But <laughs> I've, yeah. it's uh, 400,000 and up. So people who are earning 400,000 or more would be paying into the system. And then every year as inflation is indexed, so will be the cap. So, you know, event it's called a donut hole, but eventually the people in between would be, um, it, the, it, the gap would be shortened so that eventually, you know, in years to come, everybody is paying into the system. Right. Um, Ali, um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, last year, 2020 was, you know, pretty rough for everybody all over the world. Um, how is that going to affect Social Security, um, either currently or in the future? Do you have a sense of that? Have you heard anything from uh, the sources that you talked to? Yeah. So um, 2020 was a really hard year for everybody, um, you know, individuals, the government, companies, everybody. <laughs> nice. um, and social, uh, social Security, what comes of it right now is possibly still a little too early to tell exactly what's going to happen because we are still kind of living in the pandemic you know yeah. uh, we have that 2021 it hasn't been a whole lot better in some instances um but what um what we do know is that social security the benefits have numerous numerous you know uh factors in their their formula and that includes unemployment that includes uh fertility rates that includes death rates so while it might be too early to tell just what exactly the change will be, we could expect something to happen. Not to say that it's going to be doomsday, you know, so much earlier or anything like that, but just that, um, you know, after such a crazy, you know, in some cases, horrific year, um, changes could, you know, could be expected. Right. Okay. Um, got another viewer question for you here um, from Fred. Given the way the CPI is adjusted to calculate the COLA, does it ever match the increase as the cost of living? I'm going to say no. So, um, and again, it goes on an individual level. So even though the CPI E or W, it is using a basket of goods for, uh, or rather a, a basket of goods and services for, you know, for Americans, it's never going to completely be in line with your own spending, you know. Um, some people commute two hours to work every day back and forth um, with their car, in which case you're gonna be spending a, a lot more on gas 
than somebody who takes the bus or who takes the train. So you're going to, your spending will change much more so because as, as we know, and as we've seen gas prices are rising Would, um, you would be, um, you might actually be doing better. You know, maybe you're working from home <laughs> uh, indefinitely. And if you're working from home indefinitely, then you, uh, you're you not spending any money on gas and if, or very little money on gas. And in which case you're, you're gonna, that little boost from inflation is gonna help you. So, um, so no, cool. it, it doesn't always, um, it doesn't always match up. And, and oh, actually, on that point, even with healthcare, it definitely doesn't match up with healthcare. So retirees, like I said, they're fixed income. Um, a lot of it goes towards healthcare costs, and that is definitely something that lots of people just can't keep up with. So um, it's it's another reason why I'm I'm such a big fan of looking at your your expenses and looking at your savings and looking at all that and doing as much as you can to save for healthcare because no matter how healthy you are right now, eventually in retirement, you're going to be spending on medical bills more so than in your younger years. And uh, the cost of living doesn't, doesn't really match up with the, the inflation in that sector specifically. Right. Okay, now let's say I am a person who hopes to retire someday, which I am. And, um, you know, and how do I, I or someone maybe closer to retirement or further, in order to be kind of retirement smart, in addition to looking at our MySSA account, what are ways that we can sort of plan ahead instead of kind of going into it blind, like just crossing our fingers and hoping we have enough? What's a way that people can, you know, look ahead and think, okay, how do I properly plan for this to have the life that I want? You mean as far as like just planning for retirement as a whole? I mean, just kind of generally like, you know, knowing, like I was saying about how you, when you look at your MySSA account, it makes it feel more real. Like if you are, um, you know, I believe that 401ks now will show like what you would get if you um, had it in an annuity, right? Um, mm -hmm. And what are ways that people can kind of look ahead to their retirement and um, and kind of think about, saving and investing ahead of time instead of um, feeling behind the eight ball at the last minute. Yeah, so this is something that a lot of people don't do until um, it's just too late, unfortunately, um, or at least they feel like it's too late. I believe that it's never too late to save for retirement. But yeah. I, of course, think that you should save, start planning for retirement as soon as physically possible. Like I know people um, who just got out of school and the first thing I talk to them about is 401ks and IRAs. I'm a lot of fun. <laughs> at the dinner table um so so i would say that and this eventually will go in line with social security but i i always say like do the best you can to put money away and make it as thoughtless as possible so um automatic everything if mm -hmm. you are at a company that offers a 401k plan which is lovely um automatically contribute to that plan, especially if there's an employer match, because you want to meet the match. It's basically free money. There are some rules associated, like you have to stay at the company a certain number of years for the money to fully invest, um, to fully invest, but then you get the money. So why not, why not take advantage of that? Right. Um, 
And also, if you uh, have access to, um, well, if you have any earned income, then you can open an IRA. So then automatically um, allocate some money to go into an IRA every month if you could do that. So making those little, little um, switches is very, very easy. And mm -hmm. it gets you to, like, you don't see the money in your paycheck. You know, the, when you get your paycheck, it's not like you're like, oh, now I have to put money in my 401k. Right. It's already been done for you. So you're whatever kind of hiding you see, it from yourself. Yeah, you're hiding it from yourself, which is really wonderful. So yeah. for people who are just starting out, or even if they're not just starting out, that's a really great way to plan for your future. As you get closer to retirement age, no matter when that might be, because you know retirement as a whole is changing, um, think about what your expenses will be. So some people are doing this thing called FIRE, Financial Independence Retire Early. Mm -hmm. And that is basically leaving the workforce at a very early age, unlike the traditional retirement, which we know is to be around like 65 in the past. And yeah. they're, you know, using the hopefully millions of dollars that they've saved and invested to last their lifetimes. But even with those people, you have to think about what your expenses will be like in retirement, even if it's not a traditional retirement, because healthcare, like, you know, I, I keep talking about, is something that you, um, you're going to have no matter what age you are. And if you're not covered by a, a workplace plan, then you need to pay for your healthcare um, coverage yourself, and that could get really costly. Mm -hmm. um, that actually also goes into Social Security as far as, or Social Security and Medicare, because people who do retire before 65, they need to have some sort of healthcare coverage that they might not be getting from a workplace plan. And Medicare doesn't kick in until 65. And in some cases, you have to actually enroll yourself. You're not, you know, a lot of people think that they're just automatically enrolled into Medicare, and that's not always the case. No. Um, so you need to think about uh, about an expense like that, because healthcare, like I, I keep saying, I sound like a broken record, but it's not going away. So even if it's just something as simple as checkups, uh, which are super important to avoid any, you know, bigger issues later in life, that's yeah. something that you have to pay for. Um, other ways to prepare for retirement, I think, would be to talk to family members, both those who are younger and those who are older, because both of those groups of family members will affect your own retirement. And mm. a lot of people don't always take that into consideration. Right. We might have care expenses caring for family members that we don't anticipate, huh? Yeah. And um, that also goes into Social Security because your older parents, I mean, your older loved ones like parents or uncles, aunts, grandparents, whatever, um, if they're not well versed on how to claim their Social Security benefits, they could see a reduction in their benefits that will affect them for the rest of their lifetime. And if that happens, then maybe they're going to eventually need some financial assistance from their younger loved ones. And that obviously affects your benefits because if you have to, uh, you know, or not just financial assistance, but also physical assistance, like, you know, just caregiving, mm -hmm. um, you have to leave the workforce, um, you're not going to be paying into the system. And until Congress does something with caregiver credits, um, that will affect your benefits later in life. So having those very honest conversations. Now, I'm not suggesting you do this for Thanksgiving, which is coming up, uh, because I'm not sure that a lot of loved ones will like that conversation. But having that conversation is really important, no matter what table or what couch you're sitting on when you have it, um, because it will eventually help everybody. Yeah. 
No, that's really important. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to talk about, but I think it's important. Um, okay, I'm gonna give you one more viewer question before we wrap up. Uh, gosh, we got so many good ones. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go for David's here. He wants to know um, what is a good cola growth rate to use based on the previous values? Is a 1.5% rate about right or too aggressive to put in planning spreadsheets? He acknowledges this is a crystal ball question, um, but he's just wondering what the typical financial advisor plugs into their social security estimators. So with COLA specifically, um, or with investments in general, I guess, uh, previous uh, results and, and performance do not dictate future uh, results and, and, um, and such. Um, that being said, I am always more on the conservative side. So I, you know, as we've seen from previous years, it has been hovering around one or so percent. So mm -hmm. I don't think that sounds like a bad idea on your part. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't go with anything too high because you, you know, you don't want a negative, unpleasant surprise. Um, but, but I think that sounds good. I think it's also important to note that um, there are a million different calculators out there um, on the internet and financial advisors also have their own uh, software that they use for social security benefits. Um, so don't stick to just one type of calculation or one percentage, look at various options. You know, that's something that a financial planner is always really wonderful about. They'll show you their estimates and, and you know, their markers but they'll also show you uh, various simulations for, you know, if it were lower or if it were higher, or if you, you know, left the workforce sooner, or if you claimed later in life. Mm -hmm. um, so when you are looking at these calculations and you are plugging numbers into a calculator or some sort of software for social security, be very flexible with, with the numbers that you use and, and try not to be, um, too hard on yourself with guessing or be too um i don't know in love with whatever with whatever the result is yeah it's hard to plan for the future <laughs> it's very hard to plan for the future there's really uh, no way to know <laughs> no there really isn't um ali we've gone over time and you are such a amazing resource for information so i'm uh, so appreciative that you were here sharing all this with our viewers and our readers um so thank you for our audience also for tuning in and for your great questions. Um, so it's been over a year and a half since Barron's Live launched and we'd like your feedback. Please take two minutes to complete a short survey. Crystal, our producer has inserted the link uh, to the survey in the chat and it will also be included in the post webinar email. Okay, so tomorrow, our next episode, we have Barron's Senior Managing Editor, Lauren, Rublin and healthcare industry reporter, Josh Nathan Kazis. And they're gonna talk about what's new in healthcare investing and provide an update on COVID-19 treatments and vaccines. That sounds super interesting. So thanks for listening today. Stay safe and have a great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.